I'm Cameron. And I'm Georgia. And we are not astrologers. Join us as we fumble through astrology and try to unpack how it works and what it all means. This episode, we're looking at matters of the heart, bringing together the aspect of important relationships under Venus and passion and drive under Mars. We will look at how Venus and Mars come together to shape your sex life. So, Georgia, I am the absolute novice when it comes to these planets. You are the person. I've basically just let you be the expert on this. I don't even try and encroach (laughs) on your area of expertise in the realm of Mars and Venus. So how did you come to be such an expert on these planets? Um, I mean, I don't think I'm an expert, but... I think I do very, I, there is a part of me that is still the 14 year old girl who just loves reading Cosmo. (laughs) And so as soon as I started to get into astrology, I was like, okay, but what about my love life? Like what, but what about like how compatible I am? Like what about my sex life? Like I need to know these things. Um, so very, so I basically skipped Mercury when I was learning about astrology. I was like, not, not interested. I learned the big three and then straight to Venus. (laughs) Because Venus is the planet that is most commonly associated with your love life and with your relationships. Um, so Venus, who the planet is named after the goddess Venus, who is the goddess of love, and beauty, desire, fertility, prosperity, um, really is the ruler of your relationships. Yeah. Venus has to do with your pleasure and your taste in things um, sensuality, comfort. So it's about your romantic relationships, but it's also about all of your relationships that you have with everyone. But my, my interest came mostly from, from my love life. And for me, the first time I read something about Venus that actually really piqued my interest was when I read that, um, the prosperity aspect of the goddess Venus comes into play in spending money on Mm. things that make you feel good. Yes. And I resonate with that, but Mm. not much else (laughs) in Venus resonates with me. Yeah. (laughs) So you're better at understanding what are detriment and domicile? Yeah. I mean, I've only ever read the word, so I assume it's domicile. We're going to go with domicile. Um, But basically it's at home. So, yeah. like, domesticity, domicile, to me, is the association between those words. Yeah. Um, and then detriment, obviously, it's detrimental. Yeah. So, um, the, the two signs that are in domicile, that are at home in Venus, are Taurus and Libra. So, if we think about Taurus and Libra, like, Libras are a social butterfly. They love their relationships. They are accidentally flirty and like Taurus love luxury and like sensuality in terms of like the sense, like t- like sen- the senses. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it really <clears throat> makes sense that they are at home in Venus. Yes. That is that relationship. And so in detriment is Scorpio and Aries. Because they're literally opposite the home signs on the zodiac wheel. Yeah. So they're, so Scorpio and Aries are yeah in detriment there, 
um, and they just don't. It's not that they have a negative effect. It's just they don't vibe well with the planet's main areas of influence. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're thinking love, beauty, desire, you're not thinking like strong Aries. Like that is the opposite. Or closed off Scorpio. Yeah. So putting Venus aside for a second, Mars is the god of war. Um, and Aries is at home in Mars, and Aries is, like, ancient Greek for, like, there is the Greek god Aries is the Roman god Mars. They are the yes. s- one and the same. They are one and the same. God um, of war. <clears throat> so where an Aries Venus might not be so great, an Aries Mars, fantastic. Yes. You know how to utilize Mars to the best of your ability. And what Mars is kind of in charge of is your energy, desire, passion, um, your motivation. It's the god of war. So, like, we're talking get up and go and fight for what you want here. We're talking, mm. you know, it's it's really the the battlefield of your life. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I view it. I'm like, what are you fighting for? Like, what is on the other side? Like, what is, what is, what do you want and what is stopping you? Mm. And it's your Mars is how you push through that, like, front line of soldiers that are stopping you from getting what you want. Oh, that's really interesting. Um, so it because of that, Mars also has to do with how we express like our anger and the types of things that make us angry, which I think is why I've associated Aries with being so aggressive. Yeah. Because I've already because I I knew that in the back of my mind, Aries and Mars had that relationship. And to me, being the god of war, it's like, yeah, Aries is gonna be throwing things and punching things and <laughs> being aggressive be be aggressive i think maybe for me mars and aries in my mind is not necessarily like the soldier on the front lines it's Mm. the general making all the decisions yeah so that for me is like the pragmatic more like assertive role of aries than the like aggressive role that you've conjured in your mind yeah but i think i think it will um depending on what you have in your Mars, it might be more of a frontline soldier oh, yeah, or it might sure. be more of a general or it might be, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not that familiar with the structure of armies, but <laughs> someone else doing something else. Yes. <laughs> but so the interesting thing about Mars as well is that because it's about our desire and passion and motivation and our drives, it influences our sex drive. Mm-hmm. And so Aries, as mentioned, is uh, at home in Mars um, and to a lesser extent, Scorpio. Yeah. And then Libra and Taurus are in detriment. So it's the opposite of Venus. Like they yeah. are the inverse of each other. And to like take us back through a little bit of the history of astrology, um, right back in the day, there weren't as many planets known about. Mm. So like I'm talking, like I, I'm not entirely sure of how long ago this was but kind of at the beginning when like planets were being assigned it was like okay sun leo moon cancer and then they kind of worked their way and those two signs are next to each other in the chart in the zodiac wheel and so they just worked their way out and so like the two planets either side of that were mercury Mm. so that became gemini and virgo were ruled by mercury Mm. and then the next two out from that were Venus, the next two out from that were Mars, the next yeah. two out from that were Saturn. Planets. And I think that's I think that's as far as they got. They got to Saturn and that's all they knew. That's all they could observe with the naked eye. And then as more planets were discovered in time, 
astrologers had this like I guess a little bit of a moral quandary and they were like oh we've got these we've got more planets now and we've already assigned all of these um signs to the planets but we've got more planets than spaces we have left now so Mm. it was kind of like they kind of finagled it a little bit and so certain planets got redistributed and that's why something like mars definitely used to rule over aries and scorpio but now is predominantly aries because scorpio picked up another ruler which is pluto and so now it is in modern day astrology more associated with pluto than it is with mars Mars. yeah but there is still a connection there there is still a connection there but it's less yeah and depending on who you talk to like some people will say that there are dual rulers for certain planets and some will say no it's definitely just one you know there's like it's not a hard and fast no i mean look it's astrology (laughs) it's astrology it's not an exact science it's definitely not (laughs) um so i want to talk a bit about our own placements now yes so i one of the this looking at my venus Mm -hmm. was the first time that i went oh shit astrology is (laughs) real because yes i resonate with my sun moon and rising but I felt like I was absolutely red for filth when I looked up my Venus because a lot of what I had seen in general about Leos in relationships Mm -hmm. just felt so oppositional to me. I was just like, no, 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 no. Like, yeah, I like attention and yeah, I like that. But no, none of these things that seem to be significant for Leo are relevant to me. Like I was reading things that Leos love games and they love... Um, the thrill of the chase the relationship doesn't matter to them it's all about the thrill of the chase and it's about the grand romantic gestures and like all of these things and I was just like no ew no (laughs) my Venus is Virgo (laughs) very different (laughs) and the things that I read were they like order and control they uh everything needs to be planned and organized like all those classic Virgo traits Mm mm-hmm in a relationship matter so much to me. Yes. <laughs> and then some of the smaller details that I read up on that I was like, are you like, are you in my house? Like, are you watching me with things like they are sh- often show their love by critiquing other people. They want to fix other people, which is a problem that I have. <laughs> I know people can't be fixed, but something inside of me in relationships is like, no, I'll, I'll, I'll fix them. I'll do it. And then also the, one of the ways that they show love is by being childlike and by just niggling at people. And I'm like, that's, I'm only like that in my like very close significant relationships. Yeah, right. I don't do that with other people I meet because my hype man Leo takes over. But if you know me really well, I'm going to start giving you shit. Yeah. Yeah. Which okay. I know a lot yeah. of people <laughs> do, but I read it and like I was literally having that problem in my current relationship when I was reading it and I was just like stop reading me for feels that's incredible and what's in your Mars so I have a Gemini Mars oh yeah so um this is why I cannot commit to anything yeah I cannot commit to I this explains your jack of all trade Mm, yeah I don't I I start something and then I'm like oh that was fun what's next like I don't see many things through (laughs) I just want to try everything once, which 
is then exacerbated by like my Sagittarius rising mm. is feeding very strongly off my Gemini Mars that is just like I want to try everything. I really like exploring ideas. I love being a student. I love studying, but I want to study lots of different things. Like I switched from a single degree to a double degree while at uni and now I'm back at TAFE studying something again. Like I just like being in the classroom and I just like learning and like like I'm terrible at maths and I will still just like go to people and have long discussions about like how do you do this kind of maths? Like <laughs> I don't understand any of this, but I love learning and I love being around people who are good at teaching and who are interested in learning things and like watching TED talks and like all of that shit. Like, like research yeah. is so fun to me. I love that. Like, you're saying all of this stuff, and I'm resonating with all of this. And we have vastly different Venus Mars placements, mm. but I can point to the things in my chart that do that. For that you. do that. Explain why we have these synergies. Yeah. Not that I'm going to get into it now because it's way it's complicated. well beyond <laughs> the fourth episode of this podcast. Yeah. Um, but like you're talking about these placements and where they sit for you. And like it's also my Virgo placement that makes me similar to your Virgo, even though my Virgo um, manifests differently. Well, my Virgo is moon and mm. Mercury. Yeah. But like they're in my house of relationships. Yeah, okay. So, like, that that's kind yeah. of how it yeah, yeah, ties yeah, 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 itself yeah. in. Yeah. So, your Venus and Mars are quite interesting because uh, they are both in detriment. They are both in detriment. <laughs> so, your Venus is Scorpio, yes? Yes, and my Mars is Libra. Yeah. And if you think about that, it makes sense that they are those signs are in detriment in those areas of life that in venus to have scorpio which is a water sign which is generally you know associated with emotions but is also associated with being closed, a little bit closed off closed off really closed off yeah and like really hard to kind of like crack through and get into the emotion of a scorpio yeah like there's emotional intensity but it's it's not this like I don't know, like, Venus in my head conjures images of, like, flittery love. It's flirtation. It's, like, obviously there is the deeper stuff, but what Venus is controlling, a lot of what that has to do with, is the surface level, like, initial attraction to things. It's like, ooh, something fun and shiny. I want to go, I want to learn more about that. I want to go there. Like, that's what, like, Venus is enticing you in, and a Scorpio doesn't want to be enticed. No. Scorpio doesn't want a Scorpio is like no you're gonna work for this for a really long time before I decide I trust you which is not in the spirit of Venus but the first time you heard that this was my Venus and Mars sign you looked at me really perplexed because yes. your first initial reaction was I didn't like, know they were in detriment yeah like we hadn't yeah. discovered that whole conspiracy but you said to me the f- I remember because yeah this- <laughs> so the first time I told you that my Venus and Mars were in Scorpio and Libra, you looked at me really perplexed and mm. you thought, hold on a minute, like, you're asexual and you're telling me that you have these, like, this very intense Scorpio placement that loves being in partnerships and mm-hmm. then this Mars placement of Libra, which also really enjoys being in partnerships. And these are, like, very relationshipy signs. Both very relationshipy signs. Relationshipy planets. And, like, I'm 31 and have never been in a relationship and have never had sex. So, like, you looked at me perplexed, and that's when we started 
that's what well that's when I started looking further into this yeah. and then found out about detriment yeah being and... at home and being in detriment and there's also exaltation and fall which we're not going to get into very deeply but there's kind of like these four areas that some planets are in. some planets are in in certain signs yeah so yeah for me these like, like types of relationships a planet can have with a sign yeah so like yeah for me both of my like Sex your love and life. sex life. Yeah. My, both of my the two planets that come together to shape your sex life come together and are both in detriment, and so that makes entire sense to me as to why I am asexual. Mm. Um, because, and that is not to say that everyone with detrimental placements would be asexual, but it, what it might mean is that either you struggle to find satisfaction in sex and relationships. Yep. Or they're just not that important to you. Like if, if one's in detriment but another is just in like a regular relationship with the planet, then maybe it's like, yeah, you're interested, but it doesn't it doesn't hold a huge amount of weight to you. Like different signs also kind of have different attitudes and drives when it comes to being in romantic relationships and like different sex drives. Yeah. They're not all they're not all the same. For sure. And all, but also my Libra in detriment in Mars, mm-hmm. like that extends beyond my sex life. Oh, in yeah. my mind, that is like, that is the planet that makes me a procrastinator. That mm-hmm. is the placement that makes me a procrastinator. Mm-hmm. It's the placement that makes me uh, change my idea about what I want to do with my life every three years. It's the thing that makes me a little bit unmotivated sometimes. It's the thing that makes me repress my anger and hold it inside myself instead of like actually expressing it because Libra wants to be the peacemaker, mm-hmm. doesn't want to create waves, doesn't want to be explosive. So I just like push all that aggression inside myself yeah, and bury it. Yeah. And I think I'm similar in that Gemini Mars, also an air sign. Yeah. Um, and then also that mutability. So this is why I will not finish a project <laughs> unless something happens and my like Le- like Leo can come in and be like, do the work. Like I have, because it has to I be a little bit fi- stroking your ego for you to fulfill it. Yeah, basically <laughs> if I'm good at it and people are compliment and being like, oh wow, that was really fantastic. I'm like, great, I'll do more. <laughs> and if I'm getting no feedback on it or I'm not vibing with it, I'm just like, cool, that's dropped. I don't care. Like yeah. I, I don't form the same amount of like attachment to these like big projects as a lot of my friends do. Like, I think a lot of, I think our friendship group is very big on projects and like getting things like, I feel like we're very project oriented. Yeah, I guess Um, so. I've never really thought about it. Like, yeah, you're right. We all like studying. We all. Maybe this is why everyone's surprised that we're the two that started a big project in (laughs) quarantine, like this project, specifically this podcast like the two of us, the two least likely two, yeah, <laughs> have done this big thing in quarantine. Everyone else just kind of stuck to what they knew. They stayed in their jobs. They stayed in their like studies. They stuck through it. They're like they they've kept themselves going. Yeah, and consistency. Consistency. None of them have started anything. Not really. They've just like built on things they already had going on. Yeah. And you and I just like came together. And new, things. Like, new, new things. New things. Distraction. <laughs> I need something new. I need, I need the brain stimulation. I need new stimuli. Yes. <laughs> um, and that is definitely our, our Mars in air placements. Yes. That had us craving for like new 
into like intellectual engaging like there's a lot of research involved in this podcast like the, oh, yeah. it's literally called we are not astrologers like we have n- no idea what we're talking about like two weeks prior to recording any episode we're like sorry what <laughs> we need to like brush up and make sure that we actually know what we're talking about because normally we just like vaguely shit talk yeah and to put a podcast together you have to kind of know what like, you're talking like about like synthesize the information that you're just like getting from memes and stuff yeah um, and, like, do a bit of a deeper dive into the research. And even just, like, putting together, like, all of the stuff we put on Instagram. Yeah. Like, we, we go back and forth so often with each oh other God, being, so like, much. justifying what choices we've made and, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of research. Yeah. Um, so, yes, while Mars does control your sex life to an extent and yeah. other things in astrology do as well but i yeah it's mars is not just your sex life it is also if you want to see what kind of like uh worker someone is going to be like their work ethic Mm. mars is a great place to look like if you're like i think mars definitely um will help you identify like your own work ethic and like your passion projects as well like, all of that falls under Mars. But the fun thing to look at is sex. <laughs> so combining your Venus and Mars together is what is going to give you that kind of overall image of, like, your sex and love life, which is what I got really into when I first discovered Venus and Mars. Yeah. Um, and so if we break it up elementally, mm-hmm. generally speaking, I would say that Earth, if you've got an Earth placement in your Mars and Venus... Um, you're kind of looking for practical and stable and grounded relationships. Like you value trust and reliability. You want something that is, you want your rock. Like those are the people who are like, my partner is my rock. My best friend is my rock. Like they're okay. Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then for fire, they are the ones who love the game, the chase, the thrill of it all. These are the people who love talking to like lots of people at once and then once they kind of meet them and things start to settle they're like nah I'm out like I don't want to be here anymore um and in order to kind of keep engaged like a fire Venus or Mars like they need in a relationship spontaneity and they need big passionate gestures because they get really bored really easily if there isn't enough like a new new stimuli Mm -hmm. um and for water it's about deep emotional connections like really deep emotional connections they're our water signs they're our they're just sensitive you know (laughs) at heart they're just sensitive and they like to them stability is passion and love and commitment and that like emotional opening up and sharing and like being vulnerable is so important And then for air, it's about sharing ideas, learning things together, like communication, like verbal communication is so important. Like it's not just about, um, like I think with a lot of water signs, they're kind of like love communication can be very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It can be quite flowery language of love. Okay, yeah, yeah. Whereas for an air sign it's like a bit more direct communication it's a bit more just like the words i love you not like i would die for you like it's 
there's still that like verbal communication element, but it's yeah, less flowery and more about ideas. Um, and air is notorious for needing a bit of space and independence as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they really just need other people to take interest in their interests. Right. Like they want to be able to share their passions and interests with their partner. Okay. Whereas for other signs, it's like, oh no, you go off and do your your cheese making class and I'll stay at home and watch my favorite TV show. An air sign is going to appreciate going to that cheese class together or watching that show together. Okay. Depending on what the sign is and which planet it's under, you're going to have different... They're either going to help or hinder, basically. So, like, if you've got Cancer Taurus, Mm -hmm. they're going to work really nicely together. Hold on, I'm going to wait. Cancer in Venus, Taurus in Mars. I mean, either way, but let's go Cancer in Venus, Taurus in Mars. Okay, okay. But essentially, like, both of those signs, when it comes to either projects like passion, desire, or relationships, they are both looking for stability. Mm -hmm. They, like, a Cancer doesn't mind being a homebody if it's for the right person, and a Taurus likes being a homebody. Mm -hmm. Like, they work quite well together those signs are kind of very different but in a in a way in terms of relationships kind of seeking the same things they've got a shared like goal wait wait so this is the one person has both of these signs. yes one person who is a cancer venus taurus mars okay yep 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 whereas if you've got someone who is a scorpio venus and a sagittarius mars oh right like those two planets in those placements are looking for drastically different things in a person yeah okay so like a a scorpio venus is very hard to get to to get to know yeah really difficult to get to know them um but kind of seeking a very intense emotional like committed relationship yes and then a sagittarius mars not interested not interested in a deep meaningful emotional connection like a Sagittarius Mars wants new projects wants new ideas wants new people wants new sexual positions just wants lots of different things Mm -hmm. and a and a Scorpio Venus is like you're either in or out so if you've got a a Scorpio Venus with its hard exterior that really wants that commitment and love and intense relationship but has its walls up and you're uh, your Sagittarius Mars is out there flittering around, trying new things, starting new projects, meeting new people. It's going to be very hard for your Scorpio Venus to get what it wants. Okay. I feel like this is also like once, even once you're in the relationship that the Scorpio wants, the Scorpio is like, no, let's be at home together. And the Sag is like, let's do 300 things every single day and like big PDAs. But then the Scorpio is just like... Yeah, like you're going to have a lot of tension within yourself. You're going to have a lot of tension and you kind of have to learn how to go with the ebb and flow of the tension of those placements and go, okay, well, where does my Venus shine? Where does my Mars shine? How can I like and then also like, you know, if it's if you're a Scorpio Venus really looking for love and your Sagittarius just wants to keep going out and having one night stands... You have to kind of take a step back and, like, sit with yourself and be like, 
Scorpio, I know we don't want to do this, but we got to let our guard down a little bit. Like, we got to let people in. Mm. And you've got to, like, sit there and have that moment with yourself where it's like, if these are things that you want, if one sign is telling you one thing and the other sign is telling you the other thing... You need to compromise with yourself. You whether, need to compromise with yourself. Whether that's, like, in one direction and, like, Scorpio lets its guard down or whether it's the opposite direction yeah. and Sagittarius has to stop looking at everything you... And maybe, maybe like, you know... If you're a Sagittarius Mars, you can direct that energy of the, like, wanting to sleep around into other domains of Mars. You can put that into passion projects. You can put that into your work life. You can put that into other areas of desire. You can put that into, like, doing experimental stuff with the same partner. Yeah, I was going to say, you can channel it into getting what your Scorpio wants in, like all the new things you want to try, do it with two people instead of seven people. Like, you got seven things you want to try, try it with two people, not seven. Yeah. And then and then in those second dates and stuff, maybe your Scorpio will start to feel like it can let itself open that shell a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. So it is really about going, where, where are, what do I want? And mm-hmm. what, what do I want might also include sun, moon. Yes. Because those are driving your desires yeah. to an extent as well. Yeah. And it's also about looking at your Mercury. It's actually, it's more like looking at these things and going, okay, what do I need to feel fulfilled in my yeah. sex life and in my love life? And yeah. like, And there is also emotional fulfillment and ego yeah. fulfillment. And your Mercury is going to help you. Like you need to be able to communicate mm-hmm. to other people what you're looking for. Yes. Um, and so like, you really need to tap into all of those things and go, where are my strengths? Where are my weaknesses? And where can my placements help each other? Yeah. Where can my placements help each other? I think is such an important question. Where are they not? Yeah. And so like for, for me, (laughs) my Gemini is a lot better at letting go of things than my Virgo. Yes. Like my Virgo... It gets really uptight about stuff. <laughs> and my Gemini is what helps me let go mm. of those things. And my Virgo that's very... My Virgo Venus is so irritable. Yeah, I mean, you're a double mutable, babe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's tough. <laughs> yeah. But so my but Virgo is very irritable and Gemini is a, is a lot more go with the flow. Like, let it go. Let it go. Yeah. And so it's like I really have to try and tap into that sometimes when I'm like making a mountain out of a molehill which you do even in your friendships (laughs) yeah (laughs) no comment (laughs) we spoke last episode about mercury retrograde and we are currently in a mars retrograde yes at the time of recording and the time of release yes because it lasts for a long time. Too long. Too long. This is not going to end until November 16th. So there is going to be overlap between Mercury retrograde and Mars retrograde. The entirety of Mercury retrograde exists within this Mars retrograde. Yeah. It's not, a, it's not good, people. It's not good. If you thought 2020 couldn't get worse, just wait. It's gonna. <laughs> it's just... Shit's gonna hit the fan. Um, so Mars retrograde basically means the same thing that it did for Mercury in terms of the astronomy. Yes. 
the planet appears to be moving backwards in the sky. Yes, but is not. But what Mars retrograde does, what impact that has, is that it impacts your productivity and your passion and your drive. You're going to feel, or you probably are already feeling maybe a bit unmotivated. It's difficult to get things done. You're kind of losing momentum. Frustrated. People are flaking. They can't, mm. they can't stick to what they've agreed to. You might also have a, a lessened sex drive or you might have problems in that area at the moment in terms of like mismatched sex drives, um, which is like common anyway, but it's going to be exacerbated by this Mars retrograde. And it's especially bad because it's in Aries. And as Aries is at home in Mars, mm. we're basically just doubling down on the bad stuff. Great. I love to hear that. It's fantastic. For everyone else having sex. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but we have projects Mm. that we got to get done. And that is hard. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Recording this podcast (laughs) was hard. I'm starting to wax in my uh, desire to do the Instagram. No, we have to. I know, I know we have to. And, like, I'm chugging through it, but I am chugging through it. Yeah. Like, it is, when we first started, there was so much energy and, like, it was fun. And, like, I was like, yes, yes, yes. I love this. This is going so great. And now I'm just like, oh, my God, I need an idea. This is torture. I can't think of anything. And we're, like, three days in. We're three days into this retrograde. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not happy about it, to be honest. I'm especially not happy about it because it's happening, like... It's spring. I want to be spring cleaning. I want to be sorting out my life. Mars retrograde is making that very hard. But I'm I'm really, for that, for that, like, m- little bit of motivation, I'm really leaning into my, um, I guess my Mercury, my Mercury and Moon. Like, I'm really just leaning into Virgo. Yeah, fair. fair like, fair, being fair. in Virgo season and, yeah. like really trying to latch onto any parts of my Virgo self that can help me continue with this, like, like yeah. keeping things in order. Yeah. I like, would say... yeah. Like instead of looking for motivation, I'm like, no, no, no. Things need to be orderly. Yeah. If you have Virgo placements, lean in now. Now is the time. <laughs> um, so that is Venus and Mars. I think we've covered a good chunk of it. There's always more to learn. So I hope that that has given you some insight into your sex and love life, whatever, however much it does or does not exist. Please go to our Instagram and check out the posts that we're, we're going to be making over the next couple of days. It's going to be some fun, maybe some saucy things. Very saucy. As saucy as, our, as this week's Head to Head. Yes, as saucy as Instagram will let us also because, you know. Yeah, I am a little know. bit concerned. We'll see how things go. We'll see how things go. But, you know, we're going we're gonna to use these planets to give us license to, to get a bit spicy and get a bit saucy. And hope that the Mercury retrograde means that Instagram is less on their game. Instagram just won't <laughs> notice. They'll be too busy dealing with other major Technical malfunctions in their, in their business operations. Yeah. 
So you know what time it is. It's time for us to go head to head. This is the part where Georgia and I pick a set of signs and you guys get to vote in our Instagram stories. This week, we look at sex toys. We're about to find out if you're a vibrator, a butt plug, flavored lube, or something kinkier. It's time to go head to head. So let's kick it off with Aries. Yep. No, before we kick it off with Aries, let's preface this with Cam is a virgin asexual and has never used a single sex toy. So when I assigned these, I like other than like cultural references to these, which there aren't many <laughs> because sex is a taboo <laughs> and sex toys especially are a taboo. Yes. So a lot of this for me, I was just like, I don't know. I was really just winging it. This- I just was like. Well, I kind of vaguely know what this thing does. I guess I'll make it this sign. Yeah, fair. Um, I would also just like to say that, like, I haven't used all of these things. But <laughs> you're definitely more educated in this realm than I am, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's also, like, an interest of mine. Yes. Like, I listen to podcasts and watch a lot of YouTube videos about sex education and sexology and, like, the psychology of relationships and stuff like i i live for this content yeah yes what did you have for aries um i had a dildo yeah that's i that's really it. don't have i kind <laughs> I of think you're allowed to just say it's a dildo um i kind of think my justification was like that to me seems like a bit of like that along with maybe vibrators but dildos are like the entry level do you yeah, know what sure. I mean? Like, yeah, that's yeah, maybe yeah. the first thing you buy. Yeah, because, yeah, Because, yeah. like, you don't really know I much about... A vibrator. Yeah. But, like, for me, it was, like, if I'm if I'm thinking about these two, Aries being, like, the first sign. Yeah. The fire sign. The, like, initiator. Mm. Like, the first thing you might use is a dildo. Because, like, even the Fair. vibration of a vibrator... Like, a vibrator's, in my mind, a dildo with vibration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's... That's the second step. Do you know Fair. the first step is dildo? Fair. <laughs> Fair. I went with um, body safe candles because you should use body safe candles when doing wax play. Okay. Um, don't just use run of the mill candles. I mean, you can, but like there are specific like body safe candles. What does the body safe candle, how does it differ? Um, something about the heat it produces, like you're less likely to like burn and injure yourself. Okay. Um, I haven't, oh, I have used one, but, uh, in a theater, in a, in a, (laughs) someone else brought one in as part of one of my theater workshops and was tipping like wax on herself. And I was like, Ooh, do it on, like, she was like, if anyone would like to like, and so I had it on me and like, it definitely hurt a lot less than when you accidentally drip like wax Mm. on yourself, which people do do anyway. But, um, fire. wax candles fire aries fire um and also i just think it's like regardless of whether you are the person having the wax poured on you or pouring the wax it's just such a good power move Mm. like it's such a like i can take the pain i can dish the pain um i just thought that fit really nicely with aries yeah i like that you're probably gonna win this (laughs) (laughs) um what did you have for taurus um I had a cock ring. I had that for something else. Well, don't tell me. I kind of want these to all be a surprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, it was like it was like the tactility, sensualness Mm -hmm. of a cock ring, like enhancing that sense. Yeah, yeah. 
Like sensory enhancement. Yeah. Yeah. I vibe that. Vibe it. <laughs> <laughs> um, for Taurus, I had... I couldn't pick just, like, one bit of paraphernalia, so I went with the combination of a blindfold and feather for a similar ah. reason in that it's that it's that tactile. Because yeah. you've got the sensory deprivation through mm-hmm. the blindfold mm-hmm. and then the sensory play through the feather that really, again, enhance it. Like, very similar reason. It's about yeah. sensory deprivation and enhancement. Yeah. Which I think fits with a Taurus really nicely. Yeah. What did you have for Gemini? I had a strap-on because I think... What, did you too? I have a strapless strap-on. <gasps> oh, that's the same, basically. I'll take that. Yes. Um, I had it because I feel like it's a very versatile piece of equipment. Yeah, I also It can be used by lots of different combinations of couples. Um, and you've really, like, you've got the option to be a sub or a dom wearing it. Like, it's just, it is a very versatile piece of equipment. Yeah. I think there was something for me about the, like, the, when I read about strapless strap-ons. Yeah. I never heard of them before. Yeah. But when I read about them and there was, like, this, like, this duality in them. In that, like, they can, like, a strapless strap-on is generally used by multiple people. I don't want to say both because sometimes there might be more people involved. I yeah, don't know. yeah, yeah. So, like, I don't know. For me, that was kind of, like, it, the give and take of it is very Gemini-y. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I really like my one for cancer because I think this sex toy cops a really bad rep. Okay. And I don't think it should. I think more people should be buying them. It's a flashlight. Interesting. Because they're just so cozy and warm. Right. And I just think that's cancer. Like, it's a hug. It's a hug for, your, for a penis. <laughs> and I think if that's any sign, that's cancer. Okay. And I think flashlights get this rep for being, like, really grotty and gross. But I think it is, if you are someone with a penis, I think it is your entry, one of the entry level okay, yeah, yeah. Um, toys you could get. For sure. The same way that a dildo would be. But yes, I just think it's a nice hug for a penis. It's a flashlight. Cute. Yeah. I kind of took a very, well, no, not a, not a really different approach. So mine is also kind of like on that like comfort vibe yeah. of cancer. And for me, it was a sex ramp. Yes! So I think, so both of us watch Hannah Witten, but we were introduced to her for very different reasons. <laughs> yes. You watched her from like years and years ago. I don't even remember how long it's been. Because she is like a sex educator. She talks about sex a lot, very sex positive. But I was introduced to her through the disability community. Mm. And so yeah. like she has ulcerative colitis and had her bowel removed and now has a stoma and yes. talks about that on her channel. Mona, Mona the stoma. Mona the stoma. And she had this round table of other disability influencers or like disability, like disabled disability experts. Yes. Which is rarer than you would think. Unfortunately, But they yes. had a sex round table and they spoke about how like how what you can use in the bedroom to make sex more accessible and they spoke about i mean she she was like you could go and buy a specific sex ramp or you can just cut your own with some foam yeah and it was about like and she was like you know what to be honest she's like even before i was disabled i probably would use this she's like like it just opens up so it's about comfort it's about getting in positions and trying new positions safely 
Yeah. Which is the cancer aspect of it for me. Like, it's like, it's like the caring about the other person and their comfort so much that you're like, oh, I want to do this position, but it might be a little bit uncomfortable or straining. How about we get even just a couple of pillows or whatever? Yeah. It's just, it's the better version than Cosmo's tip of like, lift your hips up by putting a pillow underneath. Like it is the better version of that. Yeah. Um, for sure. I love that. I love that. For Leo. Yeah. I had, um, again, it's kind of two, but it's because depending on like who you are, you might want a different item of clothing. Okay. So it's a specific type of lingerie and they're in essence the same thing, but it's either crotchless panties or arseless chaps. Very cool. (laughs) Because one, it's, it's, well, it's one, it's the buying clothes Mm-hmm. It's that kind of like showboating, flaunt it. But it's literally a piece of clothing that is framing the body part to be used. It's literally, look at me. Here is a frame around what I want you to be looking at and dealing with. And I just love that. And I think that is Leo. That is sexual showboating completely. I love it. I took a very, this is a very different approach. <laughs> Um, I went with a blindfold because for me, if you are, and and the Leo specifically should be the one wearing the blindfold Yes, because I think that centers them in that moment of foreplay or sex in that they're the one dealing with the sensory deprivation. And so it's up to their partner to really focus their energy on the person wearing the blindfold and be like. Very attentive. Very attentive. Yeah. And very, like... I vibe that. Yeah. Again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of vibing things... Yes. For Virgo, I had vibrators. Nice. Any particular reason? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. I Maybe, maybe, maybe it was quite literally, like, the um, alliteration. <laughs> yeah, fair. Fair. Like, maybe that is what my subconscious did. I, I think there was like like something about the like tactility and the like sensory like earthy Virgo wanting the like sensory yeah 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 stimulation yeah as a earth sign yeah yeah for sure yeah so the Virgo is who I went with for cock ring okay because to me a cock ring is a problem solver of the sex paraphernalia world a cock ring can just be used for pleasure but mm. is often uh used for people who um want to stay hard for longer okay who want to it kind like the way that it works is that yeah it's either you like it can be used when different types of erectile dysfunction are happening it can Mm -hmm. make you harder for longer it can make your erection kind of larger because of the the blood flow like it's kind of cutting that off so to me it really it's a real problem solver (laughs) as a virgo as a virgo yeah (laughs) The cock ring problem the cock solver. The ring is a Virgo. Not yeah, Virgo yeah, is yeah. a cock ring. The no, cock no, ring the cock ring is, is a Virgo. Virgo. <laughs> um, for Libra, I had a Wee Vibe, which, okay. which is a specific type of vibrator that is designed to be used by two people, generally like a cis-het couple. Mm-hmm. Um, like that is who they're targeted for. So the idea is that it's like a little device so part of it lies kind of flat and flush with a penis as it is inserted into a vagina. And then oh, the okay. other vibrating section is designed for clitoral stimulation. Okay, sure. So it's really, like, to me, 
Um, for Libra, I had it there because of that like duality of like mm-hmm. it's for both. Mm-hmm. It's for both people. And it's really about trying to bring balance. Oh, Because yeah. often, especially in like a cis-het relationship, there's most people with a vulva are going to have an orgasm from clitoral stimulation, mm-hmm. not penetrative stimulation. And often a vibrator is something that is very difficult to get to a clitoris. Yes. While penetrative sex is happening. Yes. And so the idea is that it's kind of for both people and it allows that like balance and it's it's about equality and justice and fairness <laughs> and both people having pleasure and both people potentially being able to reach orgasm. Well, I kind of focused on a different area of a Libra personality for this yeah, one. Yeah, go. Um, it's role play dice. Oh, I love that. Libras are notoriously absent of a personality and they just adopt (laughs) other people's personalities and I thought it might be spicy for them to be in the bedroom and role play as they do in the rest of their life. I I also love that because I think um, dice and dice games in sex really help with like indecision. Oh, yeah. Because it's not this like, oh, well, who should get on top and should we have foreplay like this or that and who's top and who's bottom today? It's just let's let the dice decide for us. 100%. So that you're not getting bogged down in that indecision. I love that. Yeah. Oh. Accidentally perfect. <laughs> I love it. I love it. What did you have for Scorpio? <laughs> so this is something that I came across and I'd already, I already had my 12 things in. Mm-hmm. And then I saw this and I was like, oh, this has to be a sign. What is it? And then I made it Scorpio. It's nipple clamps. I love, okay, love that. I <laughs> almost me, made Scorpio nipple clamps. And for me, it was just literally the like, that's your two pincers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's it. I love that's, that. For that Scorpio. Yeah, I love that. Um, for Scorpio, I had shibari ropes. Okay, yeah. So specifically the kind of like imagery and metaphor of tangling someone up in your web. Mm. Because shibari rope play is more than just like handcuffs. It's very specific knots and ties in very specific positions. It's quite beautiful. Um, And it really does kind of remind me of people getting tied up in like, like in a spider's web. And I feel like a Scorpio is, is the person who is, Letting you in and then, yeah, devouring you and keeping you in their web forever. <laughs> clearly, clearly we've just pegged Scorpio as the kink masters of the Zodiac. Pegged. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> what did you have for Sagittarius? Um, a sex swing? <gasps> Me too! Oh my god, yes! yes! Um... Switching things up, trying new things, yeah. that mobility to yeah, really get curious. For me, it was like it was like the movement of a sex swing yeah. and like the Sagittarius's desire to always be on the go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I we're in complete agreement. <laughs> so for Capricorn, um, this is like the first thing I put in, and mm. it was the first sex toy that came to my mind, and I was just like, now what? What sign is a butt plug? <laughs> <laughs> and for me, the first sign that came to mind was Capricorn. Is it because they're anal? Um, it's because they're <laughs> anal, they're stubborn, they're a bit stuck up, they're a bit like, I don't know, just like all of the words I have associated with butt plugs just conjure Capricorn. I love that. I can't believe I don't have a butt plug in my list. Yeah, that shocks 
me. But I also didn't have like a dildo or like a regular, like I didn't have a rabbit vibrator or anything like that either. Yeah, you I, really I just, allowed. I went, <laughs> I was just like, let's research everything um, and really find what works. Oh, I really enjoyed this task. <laughs> so what did you have for Capricorn? Kegel balls. Okay. Because. Is that a sex toy? Yes. Okay. It Well, it is sex paraphernalia that is designed to enhance sex. Okay, yeah. And can also be, it can be used in a kind of uh, very long form foreplay. Mm-hmm. Um, because doing a lot of Kegels can make you horny. Interesting. Um, and like strengthen, like it's, to me, it's about like productivity. It's like strengthening that muscle to get things better. And it's all, yeah, it's about like strength. And power and determination and hard work. Yeah. It is like working hard is, it what is my like brain longevity and hard work and getting it done and like suffer like not suffering through it. There's obviously pleasure in it, but that kind of you know, really working hard for that end goal. Yes. Of having an incredibly strong like pelvic floor muscle. For a cap, like the work is definitely more pleasurable than the result. Exactly. That's like Peelables. that's their life. <laughs> I think you're not going to like what I have for Aquarius. Really? Um, because I think it fits to the stereo... Well, not the stereotype, but the, like, negative connotations this thing has. Oh, okay, yes. It's a fleshlight. Oh, okay, yeah. Because, like, Aquarius is just a bit weird. <laughs> no! But, like, no, no, but, like, in that, like... <laughs> Save the... Fl- leave the fleshlight alone! <laughs> But, like, maybe it's more that, like, Aquarius doesn't give a fuck. Like, for me, it was like, oh, of yeah. all the star signs, who wouldn't care enough about what, what, what people society think, says? What people think about fleshlights and yeah. would still have one. Yeah. And it's Aquarius. Hell yeah, Aquarius. you do it. Yeah, they would. You do it, Aquarius. You they, use that fleshlight. They're, they're the ones who are just like, well, I don't really care if you like or don't like this thing, if you think it's weird or not. It gives me pleasure, so I'm going to get yeah. it. I don't know why I care so much about, like, justice for fleshlights. <laughs> Hashtag justice for <laughs> fleshlights. That's what we can name this episode. <laughs> um, for Aquarius, I had tingling lube. Okay. So there is, there is your regular lube. Yes. Which is not just regular. You have water and silicone and whatever, whatever. But then you have, I feel like you've got your regular lube and then your flavoured lube. Yes. And the next step in my mind on this, like, ladder of, like, how hardcore lube can get (laughs) is tingling lube. Or you also have, like, heating and cooling. But I feel like tingling is just, like, it's weird, man. It's weird. It's just, it's a very, I, one time when I was in a sex shop, they had, like, a, a sample bar. Um, not to use on genitalia, (laughs) but like for the flavored lubes, you could taste them. Like it was like a, like an ice cream situation. Like you get a little, a little stick, a little lube into the mouth, put it on your arm. But so with the, with the tingling lube, they would like put it on the bottom of your lip. And like, I just was walking around the streets afterwards for like two hours and it was just so bizarre. It was just so bizarre. Um, so little old last little... Little old Pisces. Little old Pisces coming up at the end every week. Yeah. What do you have? What do you have? So I had to swap out something. So I originally, for Taurus, had edible underwear. Uh Uh-huh. For the edible comfort food nature of things. Yeah, sure. 
But then I realized that Pisces was edible body paint. Oh, And I didn't want two edible things. Right. Because I think edible body paint is such a lovely way to, like, explore someone else's body, to get creative. We know that Pisces are our little artists, our little... (laughs) They love creative expression. And why why should that not happen in the bedroom as well? Have a painting session. Get Like, that's just such a hippie Pisces thing to do. I really feel like you should have gone second in this. Because mine is so simplistic and reductive. <laughs> <laughs> that would, yours would have been a very nice note to end this on. <laughs> but I went with a clit sucker because it reminded me of a fish. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. I think that's like perfect. In my mind, I was just like, yeah, that's like a little fish yeah. <laughs> sucking at your clit. Or like a little <laughs> tentacle. Just a little... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, bless. <laughs> bless. And with that, we have reached the end of this saucy episode. Join us next week as we delve into, I mean, really the serious planet. If we've mm. just done the silly planets, we're heading towards the serious next. We're yes. doing Jupiter and Saturn. See you then.